This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Covered in Pet Hair, a boozy show for pet lovers on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez Arada, and today I have the pleasure of having a drink and a chat with a pet insurance advocate. I will tell you all about him and introduce you as soon as we come back from these messages from our sponsors. How many of you have pets? My hand's raised. Now think about how lucky you are to have such a sweet little pet in your life. And that pet is lucky to have you too. But unfortunately, there are countless pets out there that don't have a home to call their own. However, Bob's from Skechers is trying to change that. So we developed Bob's for dogs and cats to help pets in need. With every purchase of adorable Bob's footwear or fun, stylish apparel, or even the cutest Bob's pet accessories, Skechers makes a donation to Petco Love to help save shelter pets. And with you for help, we've already saved the lives of over 1 million pets and raised over $7 million. So while you're getting style and comfort with features like Skechers' famous memory foam cushioning, you're also helping to save an adorable pet in need and helping another lucky owner be connected with a future best friend and companion because happiness is having a loving pet by your side. Find Bob's at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, select pet co-locations, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez-Rada, and today I have the pleasure of having a drink and a chat with a pet parent, an adventure seeker. He's a road tripper, a foodie, and a cocktail connoisseur. He's a coffee lover, a world traveler, and a fitness fanatic. He was born in New York City, went to college in Massachusetts, attended grad school in Chicago, and now has called Seattle home for many, many years. He is an empty nester to two young lucky things that live in London and Ireland right now. Take me with you. And he is husband to Karen, dog dad to two rescues, a doofy, his word, not mine, pit bull named Baxter, and a small yellow dog, Sally. I love when a dog is just referred to by their color. That's my favorite breed. And he is a self-proclaimed pet insurance advocate, which I may also be after this show, I believe. His name is Brian Jorgensen. He's head of MetLife's pet insurance organization. Welcome, Brian. It's so good to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Isabel. It's really nice to be here. I appreciate it. Well, I am excited to talk to you. I just got a cat. His name is Van Gogh. I have allergies. So if I have allergies right now, it's because I got a cat and I have cat allergies, but cats are just too good to live without. So I think the timing of this could not be better because he has literally been in this house for two months. So I want to tell you all about Bango, but first I want to introduce our drinking game today. So anybody at home participating in our drinking game, especially because we're talking about insurance and that stuff gets heavy. If you want to participate in our drinking game today, anytime you hear this word, the secret word is unexpected. Make sure you take a drink of whatever you're enjoying, but please be over 21 to partake, never drink and drive and always drink responsibly. I know you're working today. I know it's a work day, Brian. So what are you joining us with? So I've got 
two drinks actually. One is uh, coffee. This this is a you know local local brew here. We're very big fans of coffee. And then this is sparkling water, which I I drink constantly. I think this is my ninth cup of coffee for the day. So um I think I'm almost done for that. I do drink I drink a lot of coffee. It's true. Yes. Wow, you really are a coffee connoisseur. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I have two a day. Like I used to not drink coffee and then I had children and now I just, I mean, it's like they kind of go hand in hand. So I have yes. two a day. So I think if I t- had nine cups of coffee, I would my I would have the zoomies like my cat. I, yes. Yeah. Yeah. My <laughs> dogs get the zoomies too. But but I find if I don't have that, I I don't know that I can make it all the way through. So it just to to stay alert, stay up, stay awake and keep the energy high. I it's good. It works for me. And when I don't have it, headaches. Well, yeah, well, I'm sure the withdrawal symptoms are big. I mean, I know about headaches from wine. Today I'm having a glass of Verdejo, which is one of my favorite wines. I am my family's from Spain, so Spanish grapes are always some of my top favorites and this is a Verdejo. So cheers. Thank you for being on the show. Hey, Here's to you. I'll have the wine, you. you have the coffee. Fair enough. All right. Well, I want to get to know you. You are the guy in charge of bringing MetLife's pet insurance to the world. I was just informed that out of so many pets in the U.S., is it 90 million pets in the U.S.? Is that the right number? 95 million. Yep. Only 2.5%-ish have pet insurance. So we're- we're going to talk about all that. My mind is Great. blown a little bit. Okay. But you have a big job, it sounds like. So we're going to get to know you. We're going to play a game called Curious Kitty. It's one of my favorite games because I don't really have to um, ask any questions that I come up with. These are all here in this little handy dandy Okay, hat. excellent. I all right. It. So I like phone it in with this game, which is my favorite thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's talk about you now. What motivates you? So probably the thing that, given the industry that I'm in a pet industry, the thing that motivates me probably more than anything else is the people. So the thing about the people that I love is their enthusiasm, their passion for the pets. That's that's what it's all about. And the passion for really helping pet parents out there, make sure that they are covered, make sure that they are happy, that they have absolute best possible service they can possibly have. Yeah, it, it's the people I get to work with who are, are smart and funny and pet lovers and really, really do care deeply about delivering. I, I love these people. You know what's really funny is most of the people I have on this show, they don't like the people in the pet industry. They only like the pets. So congratulations, because <laughs> you're one of you're like me. I love both the people and the pets. Yeah, yeah, I think they're pretty <laughs> awesome. I love the pets, I do, but uh, yeah, I love the people too. You can't affect the pets without affecting the people. You're absolutely right. They got 100%. it. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This one's interesting because you're in Seattle and I'm sure there's a yeah. fantastic food scene there. What is, describe the fanciest meal you've ever eaten. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> all right, but the fanciest meal I've ever eaten, it's actually a meal that I had not in Seattle. I've had some a phenomenal meal here, but I would say the fanciest meal I've ever had was at a restaurant called The Lady Helen. The Lady Helen is the on-site restaurant at it is a Michelin star restaurant, but it's in Kilkenny, Ireland. And it's at a, a golf course just outside of Kilkenny. And it is absolutely like gobsmacked, fancy, beautiful, wonderful nine course meal. And before we dropped my son off at college, we actually took him out for a fancy meal. And this is the place that we ended up going. And it was it was amazing. My 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 wife fell asleep during 
the seventh round, I think. It was all paired is the price. So every single course had a, bo- a, a bottle, a glass of wine with it. And that's always a problem. I mean, I get it. I get it. I watch the show Below Deck on Bravo and they, yes. you know, these amazing meals and they've been like enjoying themselves all day on the water. Yeah. And by the yeah. seventh course, they're all like, you're done. So I get yeah. it. I totally yeah. get it. Because when you're touristing, you go hard, but your body doesn't always keep up. Right. Speaking of coffee and how much coffee you drink, how much water do you drink daily? Okay, that's a really great question. I don't track it. I probably should. Uh, My fitness app tells me I'm supposed to be tracking it. I just drink (laughs) it a lot of it. And I have containers that I I just keep filling up throughout the course of the day. If I had to guess, I'm going to say 12, 12, uh, this is a mason jar, 12 mason jars maybe of water a day. Good job. That's amazing. I I thought you were going to tell me like everybody else, not enough. Not enough. Oh, yeah, definitely not enough. (laughs) No, you're fine. All right, this is the last one, and I'm actually curious. Now that you have traveled and you've eaten such good food, design your own dessert pizza. Uh, That's a tough one. The only reason that is tough, I'll tell you, is one of our favorite things to do for dessert is a cheese board, and a cheese board works on pizza. But there are... So I like desserts that are that have a, a crispy crunchiness, like a light flakiness to them. Think cannoli, but a cannoli uh-huh. that that they made perfectly and they did not fill earlier in the day. They waited until later in the day to actually <laughs> fill it, or ideally right before they handed it to you. Mm-hmm. So it's still flaky and wonderful on the outside, but does have a. So I would say a pizza crust made of a cannoli crust. Ooh. With okay, we'll go with them like an almond cream filling, and then maybe sliced strawberries, maybe some sliced kiwi, like really nice fresh fruit on it. There you go. Ooh, like a like a fruit tart pizza. I love that. Oh yeah, beautiful. Perfectly stated, a fruit tart pizza. I love that. Okay, that sounds delicious. I would probably do like like you. I like a a cheese plate for dessert. So maybe like a parent gorgonzola pizza or something like that with a little honey. I love that. We had one of those once when we were in, I think we are maybe France. That Amazing though. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah. I know. I know. Good I lived call. in France for a while. All I did was did eat cheese really? and drink. Yeah. I, all I did was eat cheese and drink wine. And then I wondered why I came home 20 pounds heavier. I was like, why? What is happening? <laughs> it's true. Because everybody in France is, in France is really fit and tiny, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. weird. I don't get it. No, I don't think they were eating whole breeze by themselves. Oh, that's the difference. I see. Yeah, I think it's portion control. So just curious, this is not in my notes, but what is the fanciest meal your dogs have ever eaten? Uh, well, probably it, we, we usually have a big family gathering at our house around the holidays. And when we do that, we always make a big old prime rib and we always have way more than we need. And I always have Baxter and Sally standing right next to me as helpers. So yeah, I'm sure they've eaten multi-portions of prime <laughs> rib at the holidays by standing next to me the whole time and getting just a little yeah. bit here, a little yeah. bit there. Yeah, yeah. it's good I'm to ready. be a dog sometimes. Sometimes it's a good, <laughs> they didn't have to cook, they didn't have to clean, they just stood there and consumed. They had, they had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I want to be a lucky dog in my next life or cat. Yes. Yeah. One of these amazing yeah. houses that makes you the priority, that buys you all the toys, that buys yeah. you all the fluffy beds, that gives yeah. you prime rib at the holidays. Sign me up. Yep. That sounds perfect. Good life. Okay. So this is what your job description was hmm. told to me as. Okay. You oversee sales service marketing, underwriting operations and strategy for MetLife Pet Insurance. Correct. 
you all serve more than 170,000 U.S. pets and their families right, in right. all 50 states plus D.C. Right. You cover dogs, cats, birds, rabbits, lizards, pot-bellied pigs, and more. Yes. True. What has been your biggest surprise entering this market? Because obviously you have an, a history in insurance, but you haven't always worked in pets. No, that's true. Well, actually, I started in pet insurance and the insurance industry simultaneously in 2014. Oh, wow. So, yes. So I jumped from a, a management consulting career over to running functions inside of a pet insurance company, a different one. And uh, the biggest surprise in getting in here, I would say in retrospect, it doesn't seem like it should have been that big a surprise. The passion of the pet parents, oh. the, the people who actually purchased the insurance, people like you as well. <laughs> the people who are actually out there buying pet insurance who really get super excited when things go well and they want to tell you everything that you did well and biggest fans. And holy cow, if you deny a claim, even totally appropriately, because it, it really should have been, it was a pre-existing condition or something. The vitriol that they and house when you they feel like you have done something to their pet. You do something to their kid, they're like, ah, you know, they probably deserve it. You do something to their dog, <laughs> no way. No, they're, they're not even close. The, 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 the challenge, the passion, it's amazing. True. It's true. It's true. It's funny. I was in the pet industry as a pet business owner for 12 plus years before the pandemic. And I will tell you that, yes, I was shocked sometimes by the complaints I got. Like, I was like, I'm sorry, I can't force my staff member to brush your cat's teeth. He doesn't want that. Right. You know, like, and I'm sorry you're really upset and disappointed by this, but your cat will claw her <laughs> eyes out if we continue <laughs> approaching him with a toothbrush. But people do get really, really protective of their pets. And the thought of her pet going a week without a toothbrushing was just something that she could oh. not handle. Sure. So, sure. I totally you know, it. I mean, yeah. you know. She can come here and brush my pet's teeth because that's not happening very often over here. I'm a terrible pet parent. Yes, yes. Well, we, <laughs> all, we all have gaps. We all have things yes. we can be doing better yes. for sure. We can all do a little bit better. That's my goal always is to do just a little bit better. So tell me, because people find out that you are the pet insurance advocate that you are, that you work with a pet insurance provider. So at social events, I'm sure people have plenty to ask you, tell you. What is the common reaction to in, at social events when you tell them what you do for a living? Sure, sure. Uh, social events, just meeting people on the street or, you know, just the, the usual question, what do you do for a living? Probably the most common thing that people say to me is, and it doesn't make any sense. Would you recommend pet insurance? And I'm like, so <laughs> given what I do for a living, I my answer is, well, yes, in fact, I do recommend it. It's a good thing. And it's why I do this. But it's always surprising to me that that's the, the first question. That's the most likely question. The second most likely question is, do you cover pre-existing conditions? And, and that once they actually get over the idea that I would recommend it, that's the thing that most people want to know about. <laughs> yes, of course. And we are going to talk a little bit about that kind of the details of pet insurance later, but you probably have heard a lot of myths surrounding pet insurance in these interactions. What are the top myths that you kind of tend to debunk when meeting other people, other pet parents? Sure. So early days of the pet insurance industry, I would say one of the things that people would often ask is, or or I guess the myth that they were trying to debunk for themselves is, is this a real thing? 
because for a lot of folks, early days, 20, 2014, 2015, it was so new to people. And and look, it goes way back to 2000. Actually, the first pet was Lassie, who was insured, right? So back in the 70s, 80s is when you've actually had pet insurance in the US, but it's just not something folks know about. So just the simple fact, the simple myth of, is this really a real thing or is this some kind of broad thing? No, it's real. It really is an industry. So that's one myth you get a lot. Another myth you hear from folks is, and you're constantly debunking this, I would say, the simple idea that you won't cover me, you won't cover my pet, too many issues, too much medical history, I wouldn't be able to be covered, which is not true. Any pet insurance company out there, even though, like I said, most don't cover pre-existing conditions, they do, in fact, cover pets for anything new that's going to crop up any right. accidents, and you never know what's going to happen or when it's going to happen. And that's what it's really great for. It's there for the unexpected, ultimately. So that's yep. a big myth that, oh, my cat wouldn't be able to be covered. No, anybody who wants pet insurance can get pet insurance. And then I would say, lastly, people will say, you know, I just, it's just, it's not affordable. And I'm better off just putting money into the bank and self, self-insuring as they put right. it. And uh, also something that I would debunk because some of the costs of vet care today, as you, you might very well know, can be extraordinary. And, and that's what we're really fighting against. Yes, I actually was tempted to do a game about the rising cost of veterinary bills. I tried to keep it more fun because that really sounds like a bummer. So we, I didn't go with yeah. that. But I will tell you this. One of the myths that I busted for myself, I must have been one of the early adopters of pet insurance. Because when okay. I first got my Titan and socks in 2007 and eight. Both of them were covered. Good for you. Yes. Fast forward to like 2013 or 14, my dog Socks got into one of her friend's pill jars. So it was Proin, which tastes like bacon. And my hound dog smelled it on the counter, pulled it off the counter, opened the jar, ate about 60 pills. I had to take her and Titan because I didn't know if she had shared or not. I knew she had done the deed, but I wasn't sure if he had gotten into any of them. So I took both of them to the emergency vent on a Saturday night because they always get sick on Saturday wow. nights. They always Only. misbehave on Saturday nights. Only. And I remember talking to the vet and him giving me like the, you know, now we're, we've given them charcoal. We are doing this. We have them, you know, we have them monitored. They have to stay overnight. And he gave me the estimate and it was like a few thousand dollars each. And I remember saying, I have pet insurance. Do you think they'll cover this? Because it's obviously like pet parent error. I left the pills out. And he looks at me and laughs and goes, it's always pet parent error. (laughs) 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 Like all these accidents could have been prevented had a lot of pet parents taken steps to like not let their pet get into something or like not let the squeaky toy get destroyed and leave it out. You and know? Like, yeah. Yes, exactly. So yeah, like exactly. that that was my fear was that they were that the insurance company was going to find a way out of paying that. And they of course they paid it. It was all good. It was all great. But it was it was something I was worried about because I was like, I messed this up. Yeah. Not yes. the dog. Yes. Yes. No, you're absolutely right. It's part of the industry that those kinds of things have to be covered. I have a vet friend, Jason, who actually will often say with respect to almost anything that happens dog related, right? That the problem is always at the other end of the leash, right? Yes. And you you do go into it. That is always going to be true. Behavioral problems, issues with uh, not listening, issues with my wife and I, when we were in grad school, leaving a five pound 
bag of Halloween candy on the counter that our dog pulled <laughs> off and ate most of. Yes. Yeah. That, it's all always on the other end of the leash. hundred percent. Absolutely. True. Absolutely. Do you find that dogs tend to get themselves into more trouble than cats usually? And does the insurance cost more for dogs than cats for that specific reason? Ultimately, the answer is yes. And the reason is not just because it's a cat or a dog. It, it honestly, in that case, just comes down to economics that because there are folks out there who would say that cats are smarter than dogs. I'm not going to advocate that position, uh, <laughs> but there's a lot of people who say that mostly cat owners, but because of that, I do think the cats do tend to have, you know, fewer issues. They do do crazy things like eating tinsel at the holidays, which is yes. never good. Right. So yes. that's, that's an example of maybe cats being less, but ultimately because of the economics of how much a pet visit, a vet visit for a cat pet to an animal hospital is typically lower than one for a dog. Has to do with the size, has to do with the complications. Cats, therefore, can cost less when you actually insure them, do generally cost less when you insure them. And over the life of the, the pet, you do have fewer visits typically yes. and fewer expensive visits. There are very expensive cat visits. Don't get me wrong. They exist. Yes. But generally dogs are pricier. So I am a certified pet first aid instructor and pet, by pet tech and pet tech is thanks. And it, pet tech, the, the certifying entity and all of our instructors, myself included, are advocates for pet insurance because we do see that pets get themselves into trouble a lot. Pet parents on the other end of the leash, we mess up too. But we do say like, especially if you, in my class, I always said like, pet insurance is good, especially if you have a puppy because puppies are like the least risk averse. And then you have like an older cat that is the most risk averse on like a spectrum of risk adversity. <laughs> so it was always like your old cat may not get into trouble as much as your brand new puppy. So definitely, definitely consider it. Well, I want to get into the nitty gritty about pet insurance, but we do need to take a break. Let's listen to our sponsors. As soon as we come back, I'm going to dig in. So I'm going to get us some answers about whether or not pet insurance really is that critical. And I'm pretty sure it is because I just purchased the policy. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair. I'm your host, Isabel alvarez Arada, and today I'm speaking with Brian Jorgensen, who is the lead guy with MetLife when it comes to pet insurance. So he calls himself a pet insurance advocate, and I am one too, which is why I think it's such a great opportunity to speak with him today. And Brian, I was looking at a report that MetLife 
did with pet parents. It's called your pet parent survey. And I was pretty taken aback by the findings. So I created a game called Spendy Pet. Okay. And I want to invite you to play. I know that you're probably, this is like a little bit of a cheat for you because you are part of MetLife and you've probably reported these findings a million times at board meetings. I've heard about them. Yeah. They may sound familiar to you, (laughs) but I know that a lot of the audience listening may have no clue about how different generations are taking on the rising costs of veterinary care and pet care. So the first question I have for you, and this is a true false game, is 54% of pet parents today worry about being able to care for their pet in the future due to economic uncertainties. True or false? Oh, 100% true. Absolutely. I'm actually surprised it's not higher because I mean, every day things are getting more expensive and every day there's a shortage of medicine. So now you have to go to a compounding pharmacy and all of these things start to add up before you realize it. So I think the 50, the other percentage of pet parents just haven't had to go to the vet yet, but they're gonna find out. Also, as you get older, you you see those numbers shift. So, you know, I think that's, that's part of it as well. And it's also regional. So I'm very lucky. I'm in El Paso, Texas, and my veterinarian is so reasonable. Like, I won't even say her name because I don't want people going to her because then I won't be able to get an appointment. But there are like, in I was in the DC area for many, many years. And I mean, even now in El Paso, I don't pay what I paid in 2009 for pet care in DC. So it's definitely regional for sure. You're right about that. Next one, pet parents are cutting back on groceries and savings to cover pet costs. Yes, that is a true statement. They are. Yeah. Okay. So then this goes back to what you said about like self-insuring with savings. Yeah. How do you yeah. how do you self-insure if you're cutting back on savings? So definitely something to think about. Yeah. Very difficult. Very difficult. Yeah. All right. Half of pet parents are concerned that pet care costs will prevent them from being able to be a pet parent in the future. Oh yeah, that is a true statement. That's one of the saddest findings that we I find when I look at that survey. It just seems, yes, it is. A, it's true, unfortunately. I just did an interview about adoptions and how we are getting more pets in shelters than they are leaving shelters. So we have a surplus of adoptable animals right now, and it doesn't look like that's going to change anytime soon, especially when you consider financials. 100% true. Yeah, I was at the where were we? San Diego Humane Society a few weeks ago. Amazing facility. And they're finding exactly the same thing there. Yes. They can't keep up with surrenders because of financials. And obviously, people still breed and people still, you know, have oopsies. And, you know, animals are still feral and, and community cats are still out there. And we're trying to rescue all of them, but we don't have enough space. Not enough spaying and neutering. Yes, yes. Exactly. It's it's awful. All right. So next one is nearly half. 46% of pet parents have not utilized any financial resources like pet insurance and financial wellness apps to alleviate the financial burden of pet ownership. True or false? No, that, that's true as well. Yes. And again, that's, that's the shocking thing, right? So you, you take those stats together independently. Interesting. But when you take them together, you think, 
we have to help people understand more about this because yes. that word's not getting out that there are things you can do. Yes, and you know what? That's another thing we talked about during my interview is that there are shelters, rescues, and organizations that are gonna give you food and they'll give you, you know, they'll help you find affordable veterinary care so that you can keep the pet because putting the pet back in the system is just going to cost so much more than keeping the pet. So if you are in a financial situation, I'll take an aside and say this. If you are in a financial situation that you, where you think you might have to give up your pet, please reach out to, to local and national organizations that might be able to send you food or give you some kind of voucher so that you can get the care that you need for your pet and keep them. What it was actually very, I guess, inspiring about your report is that the younger pet parents, right? The younger generations, Gen Z and millennials, they tend to be more resourceful when it comes to looking for aid, either help asking for help from their parents, their families, finding, signing up for pet insurance. Yes. Is that true or false? Oh, that is a true statement. And we've been excited to see that. That's what we want more of, more people looking for even those resources you just mentioned, finding ways to actually ensure that they're in a position to take care of their pets and do right by them over the course of their entire life. And again, that's one of the great things about pet insurance as one of those financial options, yes. because it can stay with you throughout the life of the pet. And it'll always be there for you in case you have one of those unlucky pets that yes. uh, I've got one and they, they, they need it. They just do. Yes, especially if you have an accident prone or like a counter surfer, one of those like I did. So um, definitely something to consider. This was really interesting and like gave me a little bit of like a warm and fuzzy. Okay. Half of Gen Z and millennial pet parents would be willing to cut back on their vacation travel spending to prioritize the cost of their pets well-being. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, uh, true. And I think that that was that was really cool. The, the love that the love that these folks have for their pet and the way they have integrated them into their lives it's, it's not it's not quote unquote just a pet it's certainly not that at all for so many people it is it is way more yes absolutely great job these were really great stats because I like I win? how we're we're doing you know different ages. I think that, you know, as we all develop our relationship with our pets and we learn more about their needs, we're going to be better pet parents, which is why I do this show. Literally why I do this show. I love it. And your younger generation seem to be more open to recognizing these important things. Why do you think that only less than 3% of pet parents have pet insurance? Yeah, I do think, by the way, that number continues to grow. And I think it will continue to grow. It used to be when I started in the industry, I think it was, I think we were around less than 1%. Wow. So w that shift over the 10 years that I've been in the industry has been, I think, just due to increased awareness. So as younger generations come into the, the workforce and realize, okay, I have to take care of, I have to, I have to learn how to adult. And among the things that they're figuring out is, Hey, I, I actually have resources out there that can help me ensure that I'm not going to be really nailed by these nasty yes. financial expenses. And so that's why I just think it's more awareness and that will grow with them over time. Their kids will go, Oh, my parents had pet insurance. We don't have a lot of folks in a position today where they can say their parents had pet insurance who are, you know, mm -hmm. my age. Yeah. But yeah. as we find the younger generations, they're just going to be accustomed to it. Yes, for sure. It's kind yeah. of like, Recently, I had a leak in my family room. Okay. I live in the desert. 
Okay. I live in El Paso, Texas, where it's sunny 340 days a year, but nice. I had a leak because my bathroom leaked on our second floor and it leaked into our family room. And I was telling my friends, some of whom live in Miami, Florida, and one of them lives in Baltimore. And I was like, cause we have flood insurance. And they're like, why do you have flood insurance? (laughs) And I'm like, because we've already been burned by a leak that cost us a fortune. So now we can't live anywhere, no matter what the weather is, no matter how close or far we are from the ocean, we have flood insurance. But it's the same thing with pet insurance. It's that one time that you make a mistake or your pet gets sick. Luckily with me, I had two puppies and Titan... (laughs) May he rest in peace. He just passed away at 15 and a half in January. Oh, this was a long a good time life. ago. Yeah, super long life. We sent him off grade. It's not a sad thing. It's a really happy thing. Good. Um, but he had like a little cyst that had to be removed at like six months. You know, one of these little, is it cancer? Is it not? Like the likelihood of it being like something bad was slow, but it was still there. And so luckily we had a rescue organization that promoted pet insurance. They were oh, in it. the DC area. They were one of the top they were very choosy about who they gave the pet to. They required us to have like a a dog walker because he was so young. And they also in the interview process encouraged us to look into pet insurance. And as a professional pet sitter, I can tell you that in our, our conferences, we also encourage the professionals to encourage their pet parent clients to have it. But it really is kind of like a grassroots thing because people think it's too expensive. They do. One of those myths, right? Yeah. When in fact, it, it's quite affordable. And it's certainly more affordable than paying for those incidents when they happen. We had a dog, Zoe, passed away at 14 years old. She battled cancer five times, beat it five times, and eventually wow. died of old age, not of cancer. And all of that was covered. A doofy pit bull mix, Baxter, is um, currently limping because he already had one of his knees have to get redone tplo surgery he needs to have the other one done now yeah and that's forty five hundred dollars again to your point it depends on where you live it's more expensive in some places but right we found a place we get that done for forty five hundred bucks holy cow and and so when he gets both of them done nine thousand dollars to make sure that your dog doesn't limp i mean he's in pain that's why he limps so we don't want to have him be in that situation so yes the unexpected it happens and that's what we're here for And actually those like ACL surgeries and all those, they tend to happen on both legs because they kind of overcompensate, right? So the second that you get the first one, you kind of had to plan for the second one to happen, which is really like a double whammy. Yeah, it's coming. You know, it's coming. You're right. Yeah. So yes, absolutely. 100% true. Yeah. Um, So yes, that's, that's why we're out there. That's what we try to provide. And it's just ensuring that people have that peace of mind. That's ultimately what it all comes down to. Okay. So for those who are worried about it being expensive, so we all know I just got Van Gogh two months ago. And in doing the research for this, I was going on your website. I was looking at the report and I just, you had it, you know, you, your call to actions are everywhere, which are very, very good. So it was like, get a quote. So it's like, Oh, okay. Let me get a quote. Let's see what this is about. He's not quite one years old. Right. And he's a cat. So and he's healthy, no pre-existing conditions that I know of, right? And I went through the process. It took me about three minutes. All you asked was his age, not even date of birth, which I appreciated because yeah. I don't know what his date of birth is. I don't know the date of birth either, my dog. <laughs> it's, 
We don't know. It was either, is he one? Is he two? Is he less than one? Perfect. So he's less than one. He's a cat. His coloring, his, he's a domestic short hair of some sort. Build it all out. You offer a military discount, which of course I took advantage of. And for less than $20 a month, I have him covered. And it's Woo. actually a really good coverage. So I don't, I hope that he won't need more than $2,000 worth of coverage in one year. I like that it was a $250 deductible. I can totally handle that. There was an, a more expensive option that had, that went up to $5,000 a year of coverage. And then there was one that had, that was actually cheaper, but it had a higher deductible. So I kind of, you know, I went for the balance and for less than $20 a month, he is covered. And I'm like, this is such a no brainer, right? Literally three minutes. Three minutes to get him signed up. Yes, that's it. That's what it is. And and by the way, the simple, uh, I'm glad you found the calls to action uh, easy to use and <laughs> yes. made sense. That's, that is Sabrina Sebastian, uh, our head of marketing, who makes sure that all of that actually is very easy for our pet parents to, to find really the information was. they need. Great. I'll let her know you said so. I just want to say, though, that is your experience of recognizing, okay, I can go higher, I can go lower. It does depend on your need. We try to offer, and this is one of the things that I think MetLife Pet does extraordinarily well, is offer customizable options that work for you, for your lifestyle, for what you need. You might feel like, you know what, getting older, I actually want a little more coverage in the older years or budget conscious. I actually am thinking I need to get my, my monthly cost down. All of those are options that you can take advantage of over time. That's one of the things I love about our service. That's amazing. And this is one of those situations where you really get what you pay for because you are literally kind of like shifting things to where your budget is. You can take stuff out. You can add stuff like, would I want to do the $5,000 coverage? Sure. But like, did I feel like based on my experience with my pets, did I feel like it was necessary in my area? No, because again, my veterinarian is very affordable. So it's never really been these huge bills. However, when I was in DC, I probably would have gone with the $5,000 option because you get to 5,000 like this. Yeah, it feels that way. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. So, I mean, you you mentioned uh, having Saturday night visits to the emergency vet, right? <laughs> I mean, I, the averages for that kind of stuff is like $500 to $1,500 per one of those visits. You show up just to be seen. And I think $200 is, is the threshold just to see a vet at, at night. So it does add up very, very quickly. And you're going to want to have some coverage out there to make sure you've got, again, just that protection. Absolutely. Let's say that you go with the $2,000 option this year. You can upgrade next year if you find that your pet is a little more accident prone than others or how, how does that work? Yeah, you can you can upgrade uh, as you need to. Once you actually begin submitting claims, then there, there are some limitations around that uh, just to make sure that we're really managing that. Again, the economics of the situation, you know, for all of the pet parents, that's always right. the thing in a pooled risk situation. But but yes, the flexibility is still there. Awesome. Okay. So you said earlier on that some people think it's like a scam. Ah, so yeah. are there any scams that pet parents need to be aware of? Obviously, MetLife, we recognize that company name. We know that they're a long established insurance company, but there are some kind of like newer insurance companies out there. Should we be worried as consumers that we're missing something and not getting the same coverage from different companies? Look, really, really good question. And I tell anybody who's doing this. I have not seen any evidence that there are scam pet insurance companies out there. Let me just put that out there. That said, not about scams per se, but about the insurance. First of all, it's kind of like, get out the vote, go get pet insurance. 
I would recommend that to any pet parent, <laughs> Yes, particularly folks with puppies and kittens, get it while they're young. I think that's a great idea. And I would recommend it to absolutely anybody. Then second thing I would say is do your homework, do some research, find out about these companies. How long have they been around? Are they, you know, A plus rated? Uh, are, are their underwriters A plus rated, the financial institution that backs them? Just do some homework, figure these things out. You're right. MetLife is a name that people know. And so that right. makes it easy. If you're looking at some other options, okay, just make sure that you're doing your homework and making sure you're finding something that actually is going to work for you and your pet's needs. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And don't just assume that it's too expensive or no, that like, no, no. Dave Ramsey says, just put it in savings. Like, are you really going to put it in savings? That's the question. So the reason I don't just put it in savings is because I know I have a savings issue. No, totally. And if you think about that, let's say that you do put something in savings, you can have an incident that will just blow through that one event. And then the next year, oh, that's not there anymore. And your point about the ACL, like if it happens on one leg, uh, I think the numbers are it is 85% likely to happen on the other one within the next year. And by the way, you just lost it all last year because you spent your quote unquote savings. It's not a a way that I would recommend. Right. However, I've seen a lot of this. I've seen a lot of the data. I, I, that's what we work in every day. So yeah, that's why I think it's the right thing to do. Absolutely. So where can my audience learn more about MetLife pet insurance and uh, what do you want them to know that I haven't asked about? Hmm. No, great. No, I appreciate it. Uh, first of all, go to MetLifePetInsurance.com. Very easy, MetLifePetInsurance.com. And do your homework on that page. I think that it's really important for folks to get in there and learn. Like I said, do your homework. And other things that I would encourage people to know about this is you've already said it, you've stressed this, it's not too expensive. I would stress that it's something that the earlier you get, the better. You mentioned no pre-existing conditions. Great. You know that you're going to be covered. And for folks who do have pre-existing conditions, the only thing I would say to that is that's okay. Because my dog Zoe, when we brought her in, had some pre-existing conditions. One of those being that she liked to eat tennis balls and swallow them and then they would have to be extracted out of her gut. Oh, Lord. But yeah, but in spite of that, she was still covered and was able to live a long, healthy life. And my wife and I were not completely wiped out as a result of all of her various issues. Get it early. Pre-existing conditions uh, won't be covered, but all of the other things that can happen, all the incidents and accidents and just the daily life of being a dog or a cat, yes. all of those things can actually really add up. So having it in your, in yes. your corner is the right thing to do. Yes. And when you start looking at the numbers of uh, cancers in dogs and cats rising, and when you start looking at kidney disease, heart diseases rising, and if you're not feeding, you know, like a homemade raw food diet, because not all of us can chances are your pet will end up with a pancreatitis at some point or something oh gosh, related to food. So it's, it's really funny that people think like my dog's healthy. It's like our dogs in general, aren't that healthy. Just like our humans aren't that <laughs> humans. healthy. Exactly. You know, yeah. we are, we're not always that healthy and having something that protects our pocketbooks and our pets is always a good yes. idea. And even setting aside the pancreatitis and the various cancers, the dog who jumps off of the couch and just breaks his leg or hurts his leg or whatever. If these things just happen all the time, that small yellow dog that we have, she is always <laughs> underfoot and we are terrified we're going to stomp on at some point. Hasn't happened yet, but <laughs> it does happen. We have had 
so many claims for folks who, oh my gosh, I feel so bad. I stepped on my dog. It, it does happen. It so does. You never know. You never know. Accidents happen. The first week Van Gogh was here, I stepped on him like three times. Oh my gosh, but he was okay. I'm washing my face and the cat is under my foot. Like I can't see you. I can, I wish I had those skills. I wish I had eyes on the back of my head, but I don't. So yeah. So just as much as it's pet parent error, some of these pets have like a death wish. So for sure, it's just the smart and sensible thing to do. I, I think. I agree. Exactly right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I just want to thank you for sharing your expertise with us. That I want to propose fun. a toast to you and all the people at MetLife. Cheers. Thank, thank you. you Cheers. for protecting Cheers, the pets. Thank you. <laughs> thank, you. thank you so much for the promotion. People need to hear this story. So I really appreciate you and what you're doing out there. Thank you. Oh, yeah. If, they, if people want to hear all my pet insurance claims, I'm happy to share them. <laughs> There were many, there were many with socks. Socks (laughs) had many. I also want to propose a toast to our executive producer, Mark Winter. Thank you, Mark. And to our audience for joining us for these awesome conversations. I know you love your pets. I know you love having them and sharing your life with them. Take a minute to go on the MetLife website, find out how much it would be. It's just, you know, don't just assume you can't afford it. You may very well be able to afford it. And it's probably the best thing you can do for your pet this year. So here's to a life covered in pet hair because there's no better way to live. Cheers. Nope. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. You're welcome. To learn more about Covered in Pet Hair, please visit CoveredInPetHair.com or PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for watching and I'll see you next time. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.